0: There's a gross disparities in how the war on drugs was applied across our country. Now
1: we're fighting against years of brainwashing.
0: A 16 year old lad apprehended in the act of staging a holdup. 16 years old and a marijuana headache.
2: Meanwhile, warfighters in my community are killing themselves at a rate of 22 a day. All this
0: stuff, its it's. It made me feel like a complete piece of shit. I didn't want to live, you know what I mean? So we need academia to embrace it. We need our
1: politicians to embrace it. We need our physician community to embrace it so that the patients win at the end of the day.
0: The Uplife is a production of the Unprescribed Nonprofit. This show is made possible by contributions from supporters just like you. Become a patron for as little as $3 a month to receive exclusive benefits and support a worthy cause. Visit patreon.com theunprescribed, subscribe to our channel, and follow us on social. We are The Unprescribed. And now, on with the show. Hello,
1: and welcome to The Life, the show that inspires us to live life to the fullest. I'm your host, Sherisa Jackson. I'm the CEO and founder of We Decode, and I'm a retired Air Force nurse. We also have another host, um, Mr. Steve Elmore. He is the founder and creator of the documentary called Unprescribed. He is out on vacation this week, so it's just me and our guest today. And I'm so happy to introduce Ms. Ashley Manning. She is a cannabis industry advocate and executive. Executive and a consultant. So thank you, Ashley, for being
2: on the show. I appreciate you. Thank you, Sharisa. And thank you also to Steve for having me.
1: So let's talk a little bit about what The Uplife is. The Uplife is a living documentary featuring inspiring stories of resilience in overcoming life's greatest challenges. And the idea behind this show is to inspire, to uplift our audience. So thank you, Ashley, for being here and joining us. And we're going to have a deep down good, good girlfriend conversation <laughs> about your life, um, again, to inspire our audience, our listeners to live their best life. So we're going to get into it, Ashley, if that's okay with you. Okay, with me. Okay, so Ashley, let's talk about your life and how you've come to be. I, I think we share something in common as women veterans, but I'm sure you'll expose that in your story. But let's start there and talk about your life, your journey, and um, we'll get into some more deeper
2: questions after that. Yeah. Um, well, for the purpose of today's conversation about overcoming trauma and adversity, uh, I'd like to share some of that background of where, where, where my background started in overcoming trauma and adversity. Um, you know, for me, uh, suicide prevention is near and dear. I was 12 years old the first time I attempted suicide. Um, and with the facts that 130 people a day commit suicide and 22 a day are Veterans is just a, a an abnormally high amount of people, and being that I was so young in overcoming wanting in going through trauma that I wanted to uh, participate in other ways because I've gone through it um at twelve years old, having trauma having complex PTSD that has its own story in itself uh, but without diving deep into it for you know brevity of this interview um. That, that itself came with, it, with a lot of challenges. I was in and out of hospitals, inpatient. I was homeschooled for a period of time. I also uh, had multiple suicide attempts. I struggled with major depression, PTSD, and anxiety. Um, and so that's some of the childhood background. And then into my early adulthood, I also experienced some physical trauma. Um, after I got out of the Marine Corps, I did a brief brief stint in the Marine Corps. I was actually uh we'll call it kicked out <laughs> for my mental health. And uh that led me into a, a different pursuit into law enforcement, where I ended up uh physically injured, uh, breaking my femur and my femoral head. Had about 10 surgeries there. Um, so it went from mental trauma at a young age to physical trauma in an early adult age. And then, after going through all those trauma those those particular traumas, um, I decided to change my career altogether. Went into healthcare. Was working in a hospital for about a decade, Um, and then another very uh, traumatic event happened to myself. Um, I was raped. I was sodomized and filmed when this took place, Um, and and that to me brought up. all the past traumas that brought up not only the mental the physical trauma the pain uh, physical pain I never realized how much mental pain can contribute to physical pain Um, so as I was working in the hospital uh, I don't want to go too deep because I don't know how far the questions will be but um, that's the part of the the trauma aspect of where I was um, and which is much different to where I am today. And I have a feeling that that's where our conversation is going to go, not focusing so much on the trauma itself, but how I overcame it. Um, To me, trauma is trauma, whether you got it in combat, you got it in prison, whether it's generational trauma, historical trauma, mental, physical, verbal, it's all trauma and can all be overcame, overcame with the, with the, with the same similar approach and i think that's that's what we're going to talk about today so that's a little bit about my background and led into working into the cannabis industry and and uh having a plants over pills motto just like the uplife and in the unprescribed has as well so love to chat further you feel free to ask me questions about the past i'm open i'm an open book i have gone through it. and I'm happy. I'm living my best life today um, and looking forward to what's to come. <laughs> Absolutely, Ashley. And I appreciate your, your candidness in sharing um,
1: your story. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can resonate with your story. Uh, you know, having to um, have trauma at such a young age and, and having to endure that and then, you know, have that happen also in your adult life, um, that compiled so much and 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 was so much on your shoulders that you had to endure and to now be here. It's not about which what happened to you in the past. It's about how you overcame. It's about how you're still here standing and you're here advocating and you're here given us your testimony and your story to inspire and encourage other people. So we're not going to harp on (laughs) on the trauma. We know you've had challenges and we see your resilience in the work that you do every day in the industry. And that's what we want to talk about. How can you. you be so strong? How can you be so resilient in the work that you're doing now, knowing that you overcame that or in some ways you still suffer somewhat, but knowing that you had that history, we want to know what was inside of you. What did you do to be able to be here now smiling and <laughs> being an advocate? What was it? What did you do?
2: Well, uh, it took a lot of mindset uh, changing. That's not easy to do when you're at your ultimate low. It's not easy to get out of bed. It's not easy to sometimes even get up to go to the bathroom. You don't want to do anything. And when you're going through that, you gotta shift your mindset if you truly want to get through it. But even it's it's a tough, it's complex when you really want to get through it. Everybody, I think, who is going through uh, suicidal ideation and major depression, I think they do really want through it, but you're you're just so far in the hole, so sometimes tricking your mind into uh, looking at the small things too in life that you are doing for yourself. Hey, you got up to go to the bathroom. That's a, that's a success. Don't forget you got up out of bed that day. Um, so I really looked first at what I was, what I could do to help myself, because I was constantly seeking other people out, therapists, medical how can I do it? poor me, poor me. How do I get through this? And looking to other people to help me get through it when I know that that is not the answer. And uh, from from working alongside other colleagues who were going through similar things, it's the same thing. And I keep saying, well, what are you doing for yourself? What are you looking at? And that's where, and it's hard to get out of that, that dark hole. And that's where plant medicine came into play for me. We all can't say, oh, I don't have the energy to get out of bed to walk my dog. I don't have the energy to make myself breakfast. I don't want to. We all have energy to take in a a supplement. And that supplement for me was cannabis, five milligrams in the morning. All of a sudden, my stomach's growling. Next thing you know, I'm cooking myself breakfast, stretching a little bit, feeling like just my bones, everything feeling really, really good, not realizing at the time what's happening. So I looked at myself. So now I'm eating a breakfast. Now I'm stretching then I go back to looking at the start what am I doing and giving myself that credit I deserve that I am up cooking breakfast. I am eating right, um and then also next thing you know, I'm giggling at something, laughing. It's something that probably isn't even funny, but when you're at that low, those simple little funny things sometimes can make you feel at an ultimate high, and you may not even be high. So I really looked at what I was doing internally. I didn't look at the support systems. I know people always say you gotta have support systems. Those support systems can't be there either. This is a heavy burden when you go through a lot of mental and physical trauma to put onto someone else and, and seek their help. They can be there to help support you through those efforts, but they can't be your end all be all. So I looked at diet. I started reading about diet, like what? I all, Everything I was eating was terrible for depression and anxiety and PTSD, sugars. So I looked at diet, remove, eliminating those foods as I started feeling better through cannabis, helping me every single day, just get my day off to the right start. My first hour, two hours, just having a good start can do numbers for the rest of your day and just keep it going. Then you start to feel a little bit of a lull in the evening, you know, and that's where you can pick up a joint, smoke a joint, or maybe you're into other plant medicine. I explored um, psilocybin as uh, other alternatives as well, but I found that um, cannabis helped me primarily. Uh, psilocybin helped, I think, combat a lot of the night sweats and terrors that I was having. Yeah. Um, not sure how that was happening, but that's what I noticed. Um, yeah. And so incorporating cannabis helped me just start my day off right. And that alone is so incremental to, to how you feel the rest of the day and the rest of the weeks and continuing that trend, all of a sudden you start realizing, Hey, I'm starting to feel a little better. Wait, I'm starting to laugh a little more. I'm coming out of the house more. And you don't even realize you are doing all that yourself. You are not looking to your doctors. You're not looking to your friends, family, although they want to be there to support you. It's just, it's a, it's a huge undertaking uh, for them. Um, You know, you don't want misery loves company kind of attitude. And then go back to that remind yourself every day what did you do for yourself what did you do for yourself you made yourself breakfast you stretched and going back to that keep repeating repeating all of a sudden that dark hole is starting to see some light um and you start to see the improvements and that honestly just compiled into so much growth yeah and uh i don't say go through it grow through it and that is literally how you grow through it and cannabis is the catalyst to growing through it Uh, other plant medicine as well so it's not just cannabis it's not just psilocybin you got to really incorporate overall health and wellness in your routine to overcoming trauma it's it's so hard to do that though when you're at a low Yeah, But if you can get, if you have access, if you have safe access to cannabis and you can put a gummy next to your nightstand where you get up, tell me what your excuse is. It's an excuse. If you say you can't do it, it's an excuse. You don't have the money for it. I guarantee you someone in your support system has $20 or $30. The unfortunate part is not everybody has access to cannabis or plant-based medicine, safe access at least.
1: Yeah, true, true. And I I think what I'm hearing you say, and I applaud you for for taking us down that path. What I hear you say mostly is you have to do the work. It's not anyone else around in your support system. And you had to figure out for yourself What are those little things I have to do each day to help me? Not my therapist, not my friend, not my boyfriend, girlfriend, anybody. What do I have? And I think people don't realize it always starts from inside. And if you don't start from inside, no one else. If you don't have that motivation, if you don't have that encouragement, if you don't have that drive and that resilience that the military taught us to get up, And do go and not feel pity for yourself Mm -hmm. and just do. And I think that's what people don't realize. It ain't about how you get to that finish line It's every single step, every figure, every single little pinky toe. I don't care. Jog, jump, leap that you take towards the finish line and i think what i'm hearing you say is you took those pinky toe steps jumps leaps hops all the way until you see that bright light at the end of that tunnel and i think that's so profound ashley that it is work and you have to be committed to the work so let's talk about that i mean i know it wasn't always easy on that journey, right years. So talk about those challenges and how you overcome those challenges <laughs> as you're going towards that bright light. Years. Um, well, it all started with all wow. those pharmaceuticals. Wow. How many actually? How many's in that
2: box? About twelve. Wow. Right now, um, hardware removed from my femur where <sighs> removed from my spine wow it all started one looking at myself what I did the challenges with that component was this was all new I didn't know where to go who to believe what sources to trust about plant-based medicine okay. now we're evolving through that that was challenge number one mm-hmm. challenge number two was okay now I have this good routine down how can I start coming off all these pharmaceuticals yes How can I go get off of them? What can I do? In my eyes, supplementing it with something else. I'm still stigmatized by cannabis. I don't know why. I still see it as, oh, well, I'm supplementing a pill for a joint, still supplementing it with something, but it's plant medicine. Yeah. No one's ever overdosed, died. The struggles with coming off pharmaceuticals are the withdrawal. That was a huge challenge. Um, That alone, I needed to resign from my job in the hospital because I had to take actual time away nine months to get through uh an intense therapy program called prolonged exposure therapy which is for PTSD Mm
0: -hmm.
2: um and then coming off the pharmaceuticals with the withdrawal I was sick it was uh, I don't know what it's like to come off a heroin withdrawal but I'm pretty sure it's very close to that um and supplementing that because I wasn't feeling good. Now my mental state was down because I'm not taking the medication and my pain was up because I'm not taking the medication. So it was checks and balances with cannabis and the pharmaceuticals, uh, and getting them into balance, which is a huge, huge challenge. I was able to come off all my pharmaceuticals took about three years to come off of them, just slowly tapering them, letting my doctors know what I was doing as well, because uh, I don't know. if There could have been implica- implications of coming off these medications. I don't know. I don't know. Seizures, who knows? Because mm-hmm. a lot of them are seizure medications. Yeah. So uh, I didn't quit cold turkey, just tapered off of them and increased either psilocybin or cannabis. That was another challenge. The next challenge was, okay, now I got to get back into work. I've been yeah. off for nine months. Now how do I get back into work? A light bulb went off in my head and was like, I've been working in the hospital for a decade I'm off all my pharmaceuticals and using plant medicine. Why do I want to go back to even working in the hospital? Feel like a hypocrite. Yeah, it's just I went back for about a month and actually had a traumatic incident with a patient. We were triaging in the ER, which triggered some PTSD in me. Um, and that's what made me realize, holy, wow, I don't want to go down this path again. This is yeah. This is against everything I even believe in now. I want to help people through their traumas through plant-based medicine. And that's when I started looking into the cannabis industry and started networking with people in the industry. How can I learn about the plant? What is it? I know it worked for me, but what, what else about it? I uh, took a cultivation internship uh, worked under a plant scientist researcher and grew for about a year and a half and worked my way in different parts of the supply chain in the cannabis industry, which comes with its own set of challenges. Too. Right. <laughs> um, and but. As I'm growing, I'm learning and Mm -hmm. I'm learning about the plant even more, which is helping me even more, but also help to spread the message to other people, because not only am I promoting a product or a service, I am actually putting my passion behind it to help people understand how it worked for me to help them Uh, because I'm very confident that if I can get through the complex PTSD that I've gone through in the situations that just about anybody can get through it with the right guidance and the right support system and the right information. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, I'm a clinician.
1: You were in the the medical field having to go through withdrawals. I mean, to me, that would be enough to say I'm done. I don't want to go through these night terrors. I don't want to go through the sweats. I don't want to go through the tremors. I mean, withdrawals is very, very hard. I mean, Mm -hmm. some people have to go to um, addiction centers to actually get the right treatment, even more pharmaceuticals to go through the withdrawal. So imagine you processing these withdrawal, knowing that you're doing the work internally yourself, you're motivating yourself to do it. And now you have to go through the physical side of going through this process take us down
2: that. How was that for you? How did you mentally get yourself through, through that? Mentally, uh, I just kept kept going, kept doing what I was already doing, knowing and hoping and having faith. There's a huge component that I may not have mentioned. Faith is super, super important. That was your motivator. Absolutely. You got to have it. You have, It doesn't matter the religion. You just have to believe, believe there's something out there and there's something better for you. We We didn't have these situations happen to us. They happened to us on purpose. They did because they help you get to where you are, you are your purpose and your destiny. The way that I have viewed it, it didn't happen on accident. It happened on purpose because it's leading me to my destiny. It's just faith will get you there. And even if you don't believe it, you have to trick your mind. You'll never get through it without believing in something. You have to trick your mind if you can't. It it seems silly to lie to yourself, but you're not. (laughs) If you don't believe it, that's fine. Yeah, Yeah.
1: (laughs) but but, but along that path, Ashley, from 12 years old, going through the military, going through your, all the other ch- challenges and trauma you've been through. And now you're trying to better yourself and you're trying to be whole again. Um, did you ever go down the path of being angry and why me? And oh my God, what did I do to the world? And God, why did you fail me? I mean, did you go down oh, that yes. path and how did you get back on track? To be oh, so my- positive?
2: Yes. And I still go through that, but it's such a negative mindset. I definitely had the anger, um, that anger put me back into the hospital, put me back into inpatient, back into the cycle all over again by having that attitude. And I did not want to have that mindset. So changing, keep going back to my mindset, keeping it positive. And that's a negative mindset to think that way. But I fully understand when you're at a low, that's where your brain always goes. Why me? Why me? Well, shift that. Why me? No. Why not you? You, you, This has happened to you. Um, I don't want to put religion into this conversation, but I'm going to a little bit. Uh, God isn't going to put you through something you can't handle. It's ultimately the truth. Um, (laughs) And not to put religion out there too much, but it's really that mindset has gotten me through a, lo- a lot of this. Uh, and I did, I had no faith until cannabis. Cannabis opened me up spiritually. I was a, I'll believe God when I see him. You know, wow. I'll believe You're going him. going
1: through all of the trauma that you've been through, even through the military?
2: Oh, that that was 100% where it came from was, why is this happening to me? There can't be a God. Why is he doing this? There's, you know, how many people in my family have been murdered or killed? Yeah. Or what's happened in my neighborhood? Here's what's happened to me. That mindset no, I can't, can't have that. Can't have that.
1: (laughs) I tell you, and it's all about that positive mindset, right? When you have that positive mindset, it kind of does something to your energy, to your spirit. Right. And then you said something very key. When you said something about passion and being passionate about educating other people, which is why this show is what it is, (laughs) right? We want people to find their passion to be their best selves and to encourage and motivate and inspire other people. So when we come back from our break, we're going to talk about your passion because you're doing a lot of work in the industry. We want to hear more about what you're doing, what you're going to be doing in the future and give some other key tips for people that's listening here to continue on this positive aspect that you have. I mean, because right now I think, right, we we need to know more about you and what you're doing. And so let's take this short break and then we'll come back and talk about the three P's passion, purpose, and people. Welcome back. For those of you just joining us, we are here with the unstoppable Ashley Manning and she's sharing her journey, sharing her story of resilience, of being this unstoppable cannabis advocate warrior um, consulting out here. She's talked about her journey of trauma and how she's using and started using plant medicine to help her along this journey to be this positive light, this positive spirit that she is. And if you want to hear some more about what she's doing, the time is now because we're going to talk about her three Ps because she talked about her passion to help people before the commercial break, before I will Short break. So, Ashley, we're going to get back into that discussion. So, what are you passionate about? You mentioned before the break you're passionate about educating folks about cannabis and learning uh, about cannabis because it really changed and saved your
2: life. So, what are you most passionate about? Well, getting access to cannabis. Mm -hmm. I think that that is and that's huge. Um, But there's, I think, there's things that we need to be doing on the front end, and there's things that we need to be doing on the back end. We don't need legislation to say it's fully legalized to get educated about what plant medicine can do. So educating people about what plant medicine does, that can be done through social media, advocacy, just telling one person a day about your journey and what you've gone through, Um, the passion behind wanting to drive um, brands to market also, because that's driving access to quality products by promoting good brands and what they're doing. Um, But then on the other end of it, there's, well, we don't all have access to cannabis. So we need a lot of work on the front end to be able to drive states, whether it's descheduling, federal legalization, I'll keep my opinions between the two. Um, I actually, no, I gotta say (laughs) it. I actually, actually, I have this, I this, I I have to say it. I feel that the recreational market, cannabis is medicine to me. I feel the recreational market owes a service to the medical community to offer medical services, medical cannabis services to them through their recreational dispensary. We don't need it to be medical or recreational. Just as a recreational dispensary, you have that option to tailor to medical customers' needs. It doesn't all have to be recreational only or only medical, and I really feel that that is one thing that we could do until legalization's deschedule, whatever whatever happens. Um, there's a lot of work on the front end that needs to be done, and a lot of education on the front end too. So. Working at the grassroots level, locally, letting neighbors know, people know about cannabis. A lot of people really just don't know. And then working on the front end of uh, policy. Uh, I just recently worked with the state of Vermont, helping to write their Vermont uh, Vermont's adult use cannabis policy. We included a lot of language in there that uh, is in support of Farmer, small farmers too, which is huge. These small farmers are going through traumatic events themselves with being pushed out of the market due to larger operations. Um, but they can all meet in the middle. Um, so I'm yeah. passionate, I'm passionate about bringing the recreational and medical markets together. Um, regardless of what happens at the front end, I think it can be done. Um, so that's the, the passion behind there. Uh, Um, you, sorry, were you going on to, no, 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 I think I'll keep going. No, 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 you
1: hit the nail on the head there, um, Ashley, because access to this plant is so key because there are a lot of communities that don't have access, right? We know that the veteran community, you know, we're still trying to battle that access for them and trying to get, you know, the VA to be in support of that. So access is so important and it begins there because at the end of the day, if nobody knows where to get it and they don't know how to get the right plant and they don't know how to use it, Then it's almost a waste of money and waste of time. And and for me, it's about saving lives and changing lives. And we don't have time to be wasting three to four months or a year for people to to try and figure this thing out. They need (laughs) access and they need help now. And from your story, that's what it seems like, Ashley, that you found that secret sauce that worked for you. And it may not work for everybody. At the end of the day, your plan, your work plan, your patient care (laughs) comes from you. you. Yeah, it worked for you, but you have so many components that other people can pull from it, right? I'm pulling from your story that, hey, I had to work on myself first. I had to rely on me first. Everybody can do that. And then you chose your faith to keep you motivated, keep you inspired, to keep you in that fight every day. And then you talked about plant medicine as that tool, as that agent away from pharmaceuticals. And plant medicine may not be for everybody, but from your story, those three things, anybody listening can use one of those elements to say, they can live their up life. So let's talk about your victories, right? There are a lot of things that you've done along your journey, along your path.
2: What are some of your victorious moments? One, coming off the pharmaceuticals, definitely. Yes, Yes. (laughs) and and clap to to that. uh, Two, overcoming the trauma, uh, the negative mindset where now I have the confidence in what my passion and purpose are to drive that forward. I had zero confidence in believing that I could actually do this. Um, I could actually shape policy. I could actually help move this plant forward. I didn't, you know, I. when you're in that negative mindset, you can't think that way. So that's a huge victory uh, for me. Uh, working with a lot of the brands in the industry, a lot of them have been Bought out, we'll say, or acquired, uh, which has been great to see because now the brands that I've actually personally worked with, manufacturing, helping them grow, I'm seeing them in more markets. I'm seeing them in more states, and I'm like, that was literally why I got in this—to work with brands to help get more of the quality medicine to patients across the country. Uh, so that was another huge victory. Um, I don't want—I'll keep it less business oriented. <laughs> Um, I've been personal able to, victory. <laughs> personal <laughs> uh working with my family. Um, I've I've established such a good relationship with my family. I've been able to open up about my childhood because uh my childhood from the outside looking in looked very, very normal. Uh, but what was going on in the inside was much different. So I've been able to open up to my family and have my family understand. Why I was on all these pharmaceuticals and how I got through it and being an advocate for myself was um huge victory i'm I still struggle I still have the imposter syndrome, I think they call it um and but the the confidence my gaining my confidence back to believe that I can shape change, um, and help change other people's life, whether it's from a podcast, like we're doing here today, or whether it's from actual legislation building, uh, government relations, support public relations. There's, there's a lot of components in order to move plant medicine forward, um, that, I've had my hand in a little bit of all of it to gain experience. So I can really analyze how we can best move this forward uh, with everybody else in the industry and the support systems around me. So would you say, and I'm putting you on the spot here, would you say you don't look like your story? <laughs> yes, I get that a lot. Um, and I'm, I, I'm quiet about it, um, uh, usually because it is a shocking Feature, But once I show the pharmaceuticals, I show the hardware that came out of my body, it's just because I overcame it. So I don't really talk about it unless someone asks. Um, But it always comes up in my story because I work in uh, the cannabis industry. So people are always like, oh, how did you get started? And that's where the conversation starts. Well, it's very passion oriented. (laughs) And it goes back to that. Um, And I don't want to look like my story. I don't want to... Um, But I've also been very good at covering that up my whole life. You know, um, I played softball, basketball, soccer. I was in a bowling league. I was in Girl Scouts. I did all these tap gymnastics. I did everything. So I think to put on that facade that everything's okay. Um, Also like to consider it uh, Robin Williams syndrome sometimes too. I do struggle with that. Um, You know, sometimes the happiest and happiest of people on the outside are really the saddest people on the inside and I struggle with that for a while, but there's no hiding it anymore. now I'm just so happy. <laughs> yeah. <I can laughs> I'm living up I mean, life.
1: <laughs> I know through your smile, through your energy. I mean, you just beam right now. And, and I, that's the reason why I asked that question because a lot of people who are probably suffering in silence, they are probably out here beaming and they're hiding behind their smiles and inside, like you said, they're hurting and, and they're angry and they're sad and they're miserable and depressed. So for you to have done the work and for you to really be like you're beaming because you have done the work and it's really about your confidence and really about you sharing your story confidently because I was always told along my journey with PTSD and I was afraid to tell my story as well I will never forget a friend of mine says Charissa your story is no longer your story because your story can impact the world now, oh, so you have wow. to now tell your story more. Because now your job is to tell your story so that you can influence and affect and change other people's lives. Wow. So no longer are our <laughs> stories our stories. We have to tell our stories more.
2: And and that goes right back to this happened on purpose. Yeah. Because we're never going to be put in a situation that we can't get through, or we're not going to grow through it. It's all in our mindset. So you're able to help others through your, your traumas. And that's incredible. Like that is a purpose. That's one of your purposes. Yeah, absolutely.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. absolutely. So of course you have victories, but you also have possibly some do-overs. So, so talk to us about some potential do-overs. If you had to think about, you know, some things that you would have done over in your life, I mean, outside of the traumas that had nothing (laughs) to do with you, but some of the do-overs that you think if I had known this if I was a little bit more mature if maybe I was a little older, I would have done some things differently. What would be those doovers?
2: Oh man well, it's unrelated <laughs> to anything we're talking about. Um, I started in, a couple of years ago my wife and I we started investing in real estate. okay I would have done that plenty of years before, <laughs> but I just didn't have the right mindset yeah um so that I would redo that um, also redo. The diet aspect. I still struggle with that. Not saying I'm overweight by any means. Uh, I think my doctor called me skinny fat one time, my my (laughs) cholesterol, and just making sure my diet, 100%. I think diet would have helped, not helped me get through the trauma, but I think it would have made going through some of those situations a lot easier by not having sugar, my diet which is just increasing my anxiety and increasing my depression so i think diet plays a huge role i would do that all over again make sure i'm always eating healthy and healthy is don't look at the labels it's all marketing pretty much much. there's there's a book (laughs) called the um gut the gut um this is your brain on food yeah it goes through all the disorders that are associated with different foods and it goes through the different foods. And it's a really good food. Cause our gut is connected to our brain and Correct. And right. that's huge. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. <laughs> yeah.
1: So it'll be just changing your diet and investing in real estate a little sooner. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes. I, get it, yeah. I get it. So we're going to be closing here soon, but I want you to talk to the listeners now, what would you say or what suggestions would you give to our
2: listeners to live their up life? Don't just go through it, grow through it. I love it, grow through it. (laughs) And cannabis is the catalyst to getting there. Little two milligrams, five milligrams at the start of your day. I promise you, all of a sudden, everything just shifts in the morning. All of a sudden, you're doing things that you didn't think you were going to do before you took that gummy or candy. There's no excuses except for if you don't have access to cannabis. Absolutely, absolutely okay. I'm gonna give
1: you a fill in the blank here, Ashley. Oh, <laughs> so you're gonna have to fill in this blank right And don't just give me any little generic okay. little word there. I want you to really get into okay. it and then expound on why you said what you said. okay. okay. my life is because
2: my life is complete because of cannabis. <laughs> that easy (laughs) and and on cannabis isn't the end all be all, but it was that catalyst. I'm going to always preach. It's the catalyst to getting to where you need to be. It's the key to the lock. We hear that multiple times. It's the key to getting back to balance. And if you don't want the help, you need to admit that to yourself that you don't want the help and you are, you need to admit that to your support system. And that's fine. I think it's okay to not be okay.
1: Oh, I love that. I, I say that a lot to people. It's, it's OK not to be OK. And what I'm going to start saying to people, too, now is grow through it. Since you got yes. here today, <laughs> please do grow through it. And not also but also that um, we don't have to look like our trauma and we don't have to look like how we feel inside. And and like you said, it's OK to not be OK and embrace that because Mm -hmm. you're human and we're, we're, if we're living our up life, right. We should be able to know how to cope through our challenges, to be able to put a smile on our faces and to be able to help our, our, you know, our fellow man and, and be able to get out of it. It's not about, you know, I'm sitting in this depressive state. It's about how am I going to get out of it? Right. And live and get out and, and do your, do the work and, and just be our best selves. So I appreciate that so much, Ashley. So let's, Let's talk about as we close, you know, what are you doing um, right now? What is what's in
2: your future? Um, what's going on? You know, what are you doing? Um. Well, uh, at the moment, I'm advising a government relations firm. Uh, so we are helping to uh, do some lobbying on the front end. Um, and also, I'm helping volunteer here uh, at the Unprescribed. I am also uh, just accepted a verbal offer for a position of a publishing company. Um, so very excited about the opportunity because it doesn't just cover the cannabis industry, it covers other industries too. And I think I can utilize my skill sets to, because I believe hemp, which is a whole nother topic, oh, no, sorry. <laughs> can be implemented into every single industry that's out there. And if I can have, be a little catalyst in each one of those markets to help yeah. influence and educate, then yeah. I want to be a part of it. And if anybody can do it, Ashley, I know you can. <laughs>
1: and so you. thank you so much for being here today. We appreciate your story of strength, of resilience, of tenacity, and thank you so much for encouraging our listeners and our viewers Um, and just being here for this episode. I I can't thank you enough. And so um, in closing, I just want to say to our audience, we wish you peace and we encourage you to live life to its fullest. Live life unprescribed. Live the up life. Thank you all.
0: That's all the time we have for this episode. The up life is produced and directed by Steve Elmore. This show is made possible by the help of volunteers from the Unprescribed Nonprofit and supporters like you. The Uplife is part of the Alive Podcast Network. Live Life Unprescribed. Live the Uplife. The Unprescribed Inc. is a 501c3 charitable organization. You can make a tax-deductible contribution by visiting theunprescribed.org slash donate.html. Become a patron. Visit patreon.com theunprescribed and follow us on social media at theunprescribed.